0: september is a a new start for us isn't it as a church we're starting our activities back up and running and uh it's a good time to ask why do we bother why do we do any of this why do we do what we do you know with all the things that are happening the children's work the toddlers will be starting back soon the the food bank the prayer meetings our sunday services all these things going on why do we bother well as i mentioned earlier the answer is simple and it's one word the answer is jesus He is why we do it what it's all about we want people to know him we want people to hear about him we want to enjoy him or we want to get to know him better he's the reason his coming into this world his perfect life his death his resurrection the amazing good news that's why we do what we do it is easy for us as we kind of get into the busyness of doing things to lose sight of that to lose sight of who he is and why we do it and so that's why for these two weeks as we start this term together i wanted to just to pause from our trip through ephesians we'll go back there in a few weeks but we're going to spend two weeks just looking at the start of jesus ministry as he started what did he have on his heart what was on his mind and how can that help us as we look uh, to serve him this term well luke's gospel was written to theophilus in chapter one he tells us and it was written so that theophilus could have certainty about who Jesus is and why he came certainty about everything that he'd been taught that's what Luke wanted to write uh, to Theophilus for so this is a good refresher for us you know why is it that we do what we do and as we come to look at this scene in Luke chapter 4 Jesus ministry as it begins it's a really dramatic scene I don't know if you've watched a film where it starts in a burst of action so the the lead character is there and maybe they're in a chase a fast-paced chase or maybe there's a fight or a battle scene something's happening and it's just chaotic it is exciting and you're non-stop uh, things going on all around and then what happens the lead character kind of pauses and the lead character speaks on the voiceover and says i bet you're wondering how i got myself in this situation well let me tell you the story and then you kind of go back a week or two or a month or a year or whatever and then you get the backstory as to why The character is in that situation well imagine for a moment that we pick up the story in verse 29 there is jesus he is uh, being chased out of town by an angry mob they are looking at him and they are full of hate towards him because they want to kill him they are pushing him steeper and steeper up this hill shouting at him throwing their threats at him imagine the anger in their eyes because they want him dead they, he hears the call the names they're calling him and these are people that he grew up with and here they are um, against him and Jesus kind of has his back not against a wall but against a drop a sheer drop and if they pushed him over he'd be dead now what is happening in that situation how did these people come to hate Jesus so much how did they come to be so angry against him well to get to why they're there we need to go to one hour earlier And if we go to one hour earlier we'll see the build-up to what's happening here and how these people got so angry and the start of this scene and how jesus ended up there isn't what we'd expect in in fact it happens not in a um, in a place which normally seems rough but in a place that is the synagogue like a church service this this scene starts in and so it starts in nazareth in the place where jesus grew up in the synagogue that he'd have gone to every week it starts with a family friends and there he is in the synagogue which we met there they met there on a sabbath which is a saturday and they were going through their usual custom what was the usual custom There there would be a kind of a call to prayer there'd be a prayer there'd be a reading from the first five books of the bible the torah and then there was a second reading which was a bit more of a free choice and jesus was doing this second reading and he was handed a scroll so they didn't have. The Bi- bibles or books like we had they'd have scrolls that would be read and un- rolled that way so he would pull the scroll and he'd have read out from the scroll he read from the scroll and then he hands the scroll back and he sits down the reason he sits down because well in the synagogue the person uh, speaking would sit to preach okay, so they'd sit down and then they'd start to preach so he doesn't sit because he's finished he's sitting because he's about to start and then he speaks And what Jesus speaks about and what he chooses to read is the reason that this angry mob went him dead. So what's going on? Well, by the end of looking at this today, we need to realise this. You must have a response to who Jesus is. You've got to have a response. Perhaps today you're going to end today and be really angry with Jesus. Because you see what he's saying. In one sense it's good because that's a response maybe today you're gonna leave here saying this is a load of nonsense i don't believe a word of it maybe you're gonna leave here in worship and praise, saying wow isn't jesus wonderful why he came and what he did and how he taught but your response can't be this morning a shrug of the shoulders no i don't care you've got to respond to who jesus is he doesn't give us any other option for my prayer as we look at this together this morning, is that we would all leave here in amazement of who Jesus is and why he came, and why we get the you know we get the privilege and the honour of serving him, and we have to hold out this message to this community. So this passage will help us answer three very simple questions, but those with profound answers. This passage is going to help us see who Jesus is, why he came, and what his response, our response is to him. So who is Jesus? Why did he come? And what is your response? They're the three questions we'll look at this morning. So who is Jesus? That's the first question. So here he is in his hometown synagogue, the one he'd have gone to every week, he would have known the faces, He would have known the person meeting him at the door, as it were. He'd have known everybody there, very well. And so he unrolls the scroll and he chooses to read out a passage, or two passages from Isaiah, from Isaiah, mainly from Isaiah 61. Let's look at those verses in verses 18 to 19 in Luke 4 this is what jesus reads out the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor this was a passage that uh, the jews would have known so well it was one of those kind of highlight passages for them because this was talking about the promised one, the anointed one. So, the anointed one, the Messiah, that was God's king. The one who was going to come, who God had promised would come. The one who was going to come to fix everything. The king they're waiting for, the rescuer, the savior. The one who was going to put all things right. The one who was going to fix the brokenness all around us. And so, this passage was a favorite. And so, when Jesus read it out, it was it was it would have been very familiar to them so he read it he passed the scroll back to the attendant and then he sat down as I said ready to preach all eyes on him what's he going to say about this famous passage about this king that we're waiting for what's he going to say and look at those amazing words in verse 21 and he began to say to them today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." wow imagine being there jesus says i'm the one i've come can you imagine the silence can you imagine the gasps can you imagine what's going on here you know, for jesus to say that he's saying i am god's answer i am the solution to the problems i am the promised one i am the one humanity needs i'm here now when you look at the Bible and you see just what it means that he was saying he was the Messiah it was a huge thing think of Genesis there we see humanity turning its back from God God making this amazing world creating humans to live in it and enjoy it with him but humans say no we don't need you we're going to turn our back from you and uh, the world falls apart and then then in that chapter in chapter three God says I'm going to send someone who's going to crush Satan's head I'm going to send someone who's going to be the, the, the victor, who's going to win, who's going to fix all these things. He's the one who's going to be able to um, reunite uh, humanity to God. He's come in. And the promise is made there in Genesis 3. And as you see, the promises keep on coming throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus says, I'm him. Now, this isn't just an isolated, random verse that I've picked in Luke chapter 4 if you if we'd have read luke from chapter one you see luke chapter one famous verse that um before long we'll be hearing them read at christmas time but what does uh, gabriel say to mary in chapter one verse 31 behold you will conceive and in your womb you will bear a son and you will call his name jesus he will be great and he will be called son of the most high the son of god is coming luke chapter 1 then in luke chapter 2 we see the angels announcement and what do they say fear not for behold i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ messiah the anointed one he's come and he's born in bethlehem then in in uh, luke chapter 3 we meet john the baptist and there we hear another verse from isaiah quoted the voice of one crying in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord someone has come John the Baptist has come to make way for God he's preparing the way for God's arrival and then Jesus stands up in Luke chapter 4 and he says I've come so it isn't just up till this point is other people saying it about Jesus but now he announces it he declares it I'm the one you've been waiting for from his lips himself I'm God in the flesh I'm the Messiah I'm the promised one Or and i've come and what you hear has been fulfilled in your hearing now before we move on can we see just how big a claim jesus is making here can we see that we can't just ignore what he's saying about himself think of that for us as a church we get to hold out the message the only true message of hope for this world there might be loads of other suggestions loads of other things that people might say and give us as a suggestion for how we should live our life and what's best for us but this is what we're holding out we're holding out the message of the one uh, of god in the flesh the message of jesus the message of the creator the one who knows us the one who loves us and we get to tell other people about his message this isn't a small thing we might feel very sidelined you know by society We might feel on the edge We might feel so small compared to the number of people that don't know jesus but we have a message the message of hope so maybe you're feeling a bit weary thinking to get going again for another term or maybe you feel a bit discouraged let's fix our eyes on jesus again this morning this is why we do it he's why we do it because he's come and he holds out this glorious news as we look out on our community Jesus is the answer. There might be, again, loads of other things that could could help people, but he's the one who meets our biggest need. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to pray that people come to know him. As you look on your family and those around you who you love, when you see all the needs and the worries and the concerns that are, who do they need? Above all, they need Jesus. They need him. As you go to work this week, you are called to be light for Jesus' sake where you are. And it might be you're the only person uh, who those people will meet who know Jesus, and you get to be a light for Him, God in the flesh, to tell them of the the love that God has for them, to tell all Jesus has done for them, as we'll see in a few minutes. God in the flesh has come. Jesus has come. The Messiah has come. The Saviour has come. He is the hope of this world. He's the answer to our problems. He is our Saviour. Isn't it amazing to think God has come. God has drawn near that's what we see in jesus maybe you've taken your eyes off him maybe you've got used to him maybe you've become bored of him let's pray this morning spirit come help us to know and to see who jesus is and see more of what he's like i don't want to be bored by jesus i want to love him more and more i want to see how great he is i want to see how glorious he is the promised one god in the flesh has come near who is jesus he tells us here i've come the anointed promised one is here so why did he come? That's the second question. why did he come? Well look at those verses again in Luke chapter 4 that he reads from Isaiah 61The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to pray proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah, the people in the synagogue would have known very well. What is Isaiah about? Let's just give a a quick kind of overview so we know why these words were being said originally. Isaiah starts with God's people in rebellion against him. They had turned their backs away from God. Um, They had turned from him and they'd gone their own way. And they kept on rebelling against God. God had come to them with prophet after prophet saying, come back to me. And they kept going their own way. They kept worshipping other idols. And they don't want God so God says look this is what I've promised if you keep turning away from me then judgment will come if you keep turning away from you I will give you what you choose if you don't want me I will you will not have me and I will take away all the blessings that I brought I will take you away from this land that I promised and you'll be taken away by another nation and taken into exile and that's what happened in in the book of Isaiah they are taken away from their homeland." And they are taken to a faraway land far away from all that they knew and loved and they were taken away as slaves so there they were enslaved some of them would have had their eyes pulled out uh, they would have had nothing they were poor but isaiah doesn't end by saying judgment has come isaiah is a book of hope it's a book of good news and so in chapter 40 of isaiah that the mood changes and god says i'm going to comfort my people comfort my people he says And we hear of of a servant who's going to come, one who's going to come to rescue, one who's going to come to put things right. And the high point of that is chapter 61 that uh, Jesus is reading out here. And he's saying, look, those who are physically captive, I'm going to set free. Those who are physically blind, I will give sight. Those who are oppressed, I will liberate. You know, and then in verse 19, he says, proclaiming the year of the Lord's Jubilee. Uh, the year of jubilee is quite something in the old testament every 50 years everybody's debts were wiped everybody's land was restored to those who originally had it slaves were set free the year of jubilee so once in everyone's life really every 50 years that would happen what a year that would be imagine having all your debts wiped clean everything restored it was like god's big reset button let's go back let's start again let's get rid of all those things and have a fresh start And and that's what we're saying here, that this is promising the Messiah would do this. He was going to come. So, if we know that background about Isaiah, let's ask again now, well, why is Jesus come then? What is Jesus telling us about why he's come? Well, as he read these words out, Israel are no longer in exile. Uh, They are in Jerusalem now. They're back home. So, Jesus here isn't speaking physically about these things. He's speaking spiritually. He is saying, the spiritually poor I will help see the spiritually enslaved um, I will uh, sorry the spiritually poor I will give spiritual riches to the spiritually enslaved I will set free the spiritually blind I will help see and one day there's going to be a day of great jubilee for all God's big reset on the whole world where everything will be fixed that's what the Messiah is going to come to do now just as an aside He says here about uh, proclaiming good news to the poor, proclaiming liberty to the captives, and recovering sight of the blind. Now, it doesn't mean that we're saying we don't care about those physical needs, that there are poor people. We only think about um, spiritual needs. No, no, no. The Bible is full of God's heart for the marginalized and poor. Full of it. We cannot ignore that. But that's not what this passage is getting at. Jesus is talking spiritually here. I've come to do this. So let's not ignore um, those truths in the Bible. We're still called to do that, but that's not what this passage here is saying. But this passage is saying, look, Jesus has come. Why has he come? Well, let's listen to those words spiritually. We need him because we are spiritually poor. Now, we live in quite an abundant, rich society. I know things are going to get hard this winter, and things are going to be tough for, for many of us. But compared to many places in the world we have a lot don't we we have riches but even so we're so advanced we are technologically advanced scientifically advanced medically advanced we've got all these advances yet how are we doing as humans how are we getting on it's not that controversial to say we're struggling is it you know it seems like we just end up back at square one time and time again How are we doing it within our souls as a humanity? See, we're poor. We are needy. We are not well. We can't seem to fix ourselves. We can think of technology that can sort out so much. You know, in most of our pockets, we've got a bit of technology in our phones that can do more than past generations could ever dream of doing. And yet, and yet, think of all the uh, sickness that is around, the mental health struggles that we've got and the the pandemic that there is of that we are struggling we're floundering we're poor spiritually but spiritually as well aren't we captive jesus came to to proclaim good news to the poor He came to set liberty to the captives don't you want to be free have you ever said i after you've said something to somebody you love and you hurt them or you've done something you think never again i won't say that again i won't do that again And yet you find yourselves in a few weeks, months doing it again. We want to be free and Jesus says, I've come to set you free. Maybe we feel um, full of guilt and shame about something that's happened in the past and we just can't shake ourselves free from it. Jesus comes and says, I've come to set you free from guilt. I've come to say it's gone, it's past. I've come to restore you to the relationship with God you were made for jesus we need him we're poor we're, we're we're enslaved not only that but we're we're spiritually we're blind jesus comes and he says i've come to open the sight of the blind recover the sight of the blind spiritually helping us to see who we really are who god is remember what psalm 19 says the heavens the the, the god's creation is declaring something to us day after day it pours forth speech god is telling us he's there he's telling us he's good he's telling us he's wonderful and beautiful and powerful it's all around us but we're just walking around with our eyes closed Say, I don't want to know I don't want to listen we're blind and Jesus says I've come to help you with your greatest need I have come to set you free I've come to give you spiritual riches to help you in these areas can you see this morning our need for Jesus. Why is he come? He's come for you and he's come for me. This is us, isn't it? We need him. We need forgiveness. We need a fresh start. We need to help to know and navigate our way through this life and Jesus has come to do that. I wonder this morning, maybe you're hearing his voice now again and he says, come to me. He's saying, come. Don't, don't put me off. Maybe you've been wandering and you've forgotten him and you've wandered far from him. And wonderfully he's brought you here this morning and you're hearing his voice right now saying to you come i've come for you not the person sitting next to you you well for them as well <laughs> but i've come for you don't put me off jesus says come i wonder if you need to respond jesus arms are wide open this morning that's who he is that's what he's like that's why he's come he's come because we need him desperately so who is jesus he's the promised one why is he come He's come because we desperately need him to do all these things he's promised he would do. And the third thing is this. What's your response to Jesus? What is your response to Jesus? That's the third question this passage helps. Because in the synagogue now, as I mentioned earlier, the the atmosphere must have been electric when Jesus said, this is happening in front of you. This has been fulfilled right here, right now. Uh, And it's quite a big change, isn't it? Because in verse 22 they all speak well of him and they're marvelling at his gracious words that were coming out of his mouth they're thinking wow listen to what he's saying and then it changes they say verse 23 verse 22 they say is this not joseph's son what's going on here and then they say and jesus says doubtless you'll quote me this proverb, physician heal yourself what we heard you did at capernaum do here in your hometown as well see they're they're doubting they're starting to think hang on this is joseph's son isn't he the one who came to fit the shelves in our house no this is the carpenter's son he's been here since he was a boy no we can't he, he can't be the messiah surely not and then they say well jesus says you're probably thinking this prove it do some of those things that you did in capernaum do some of those miracles show us and then we'll believe and jesus uses our opportunity because he's warning them he says look you're all in big danger you're all in danger because look at your history when prophets of god were sent to his people in the past in the old testament god came close because god was speaking but those people rejected god's prophets and so god's prophets went to people who you didn't expect people from outside of god's people so he uses two examples Do you notice he uses first of all he goes to elijah and he says, "Look, in Elijah, there was a miracle that he d- he did with the widow, and he helped and supported this widow and gave her uh, food and helped her to survive. There were loads of widows in Israel that God could have helped, but he didn't, because he went of outside of Israel to the one that nobody expected. And then Elisha's time, he healed Naaman. Do you remember, Naaman was this rich ruler, and there he was. He was proud and he had leprosy." And he was told to wash seven times in the River Jordan. And so he, eventually, he did. And he was healed. Now, were there lepers in Israel? Yes. But God had to go and sent his messengers outside of Israel to the people we didn't expect because when God came near to them, they rejected him. And Jesus using that as an example to say, look, I'm here, I'm near you, and you're pushing me away. These people were religious. They were in the synagogue they were respectable you know they knew their stuff of course i'm going to be accepted by god but here they were doubting his messenger and jesus saying watch out history is going to repeat itself here if you're not careful you're going to miss not just a prophet but the the true prophet the one who all the prophets was talking about you're not going to you're going to miss god's word because his word is coming and i am the word of god the word uh, become flesh the very ones who had so much, who thought they were sorted, were gonna miss out on Jesus. Now, do you see how there's a warning here for us this morning? You can come close to Jesus, but miss him. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've been putting Jesus off. And you can you, you you know the truths, you've heard the truths, and you know there's something in it. But you've just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Well, there's a verse in the bible that says today is the day of salvation today is the day of salvation you need to come to him today in isaiah 61 if you go and read that quote that jesus quotes he actually leaves a bit out let me read the full quote says this the spirit of god is upon me from isaiah 61 because the lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives the opening of prison to those who are bound and to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god see jesus leaves out that last bit did you hear it the spirit of god is upon me to bring the day of vengeance the day of judgment now why does jesus stop halfway through a sentence why does he leave that last bit out why doesn't he say the whole thing is it because he thinks oh the, the, i don't want them to hear that bit i'm going to edit that bit out well no he's saying it because the day of vengeance is coming but it's not yet today is a day of grace today is a day for you to make yourself make sure you're right with god so that when the day does come you're safe he came to rescue he came to show the lord's favor he came for salvation so throughout the bible it's clear that there will be a day of judgment a day where we have to stand before god in the future but that's not yet today is a day of grace today is another chance for you to 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 turn to god to turn to christ and be saved. You know, I don't know if you've had this experience. You go to a wedding or maybe a funeral, and you see an old friend, and you say, "We've got to meet up. We need to catch up." I had it over the summer. I totally randomly bumped into a, uh, somebody I was in school I haven't seen him for about twenty years, and and I really do want to meet up with uh, him. And I'd love to meet up with some friends. So oh, it'd be great to see you. Be great to meet up. But what happens? A year goes by. Two years go by another funeral or another wedding we need to we need that coffee but it never happens is it what how would you make that happen you need to get your diary out there and then you need to make a decision this is when we're going to meet and if you do that then there's much more likelihood of it happening maybe today you've done that to jesus yeah 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 i i will deal with it jesus but then time just goes on oh yeah i will sort that out i will make a decision about you jesus but time goes on it's september again it'll be christmas soon new year 2023 is coming you know you just just keep putting it off keep putting it off today is the day of salvation this is a day the day of judgment is coming but it's not yet so jesus said come his hand is out open to you this morning don't put me off he says remember what john three sixteen says for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him It won't be condemned but will have everlasting life but then he says in chapter 3 verse 17 god didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him that's why he's come to save and rescue so let me ask you today as it gets really personal what's stopping you from turning to jesus today what's stopping you what is it that's hindering you don't let this be your last chance one of the commentators on this passage points out that Jesus never returns to Nazareth never goes back isn't that sobering to think they heard him he was there he said this is true I'm I'm this has been fulfilled in your presence and then they wanted him dead and they chased him up this hill to kill him and Jesus never went back please let this not be your last chance to respond to Jesus this morning turn to him now he's got his arms open he's saying come to me now notice the progression here they saw Jesus they heard him speak they even thought the words he said were amazing and yet when they really started to hear what he was saying they wanted him dead I wonder if you've heard the words of Jesus maybe there's a time where you thought this is really helpful this is really good stuff it's wise it's interesting but that's not enough today is the day of salvation today is when you need to trust so what's stopping you You might think well i don't know what to do just turn to jesus Say, jesus i need you i need you now help me save me and that's enough you might want to know what that looks like what does it mean to to live as a christian well that's something we can talk about over the next few months we're hoping to run a christianity explore we'll run one in the new year as well but i'd love to do one with uh, with maybe you if you're here and you're thinking well what's it all about why not say chat to me after and say "I'd, i'd like i'd like to do that I'd like to find out more. I'd like to know what this is all about. But here's a warning this morning, isn't it? We can hear him. We can be interested in him. We can see Jesus as amazing and still miss out. Please don't let that be you today. But if you're here this morning and you know Jesus, you trust in him, can you see how wonderful he is here? Because sometimes we can doubt, can't we, his goodness. Sometimes we can take our eyes off who he is and we can get used to him. But look at what happens here jesus life was threatened and yet as he was up pushed to the back of this hill he could have gone to his death but instead you see what happens verse 30 passing through their midst he went away was that a miracle did he do a miracle in their presence could be couldn't it that he passed through them but you see he had the ability to avoid his death see what that shows us about the cross Three years later there was another angry mob that came after jesus came to where he was he could have walked away he could have gone through their midst but he chose not to he could have knocked them down with a word but he didn't he could have summoned millions upon millions of angels but jesus chose to let them bound him up to let them arrest him why did he let them do it why did he choose then to die Well, as it says earlier on in Isaiah he was oppressed and afflicted but he opened not his mouth like a lamb he was led to the slaughter like a sheep that was before its shearers is silent so he opened not his mouth why did he do it as Isaiah tells us he bore the sins of many Jesus let them take him because he knew the only way that he could forgive you and me the only way that we could know him as if he died on the cross for us. So he took our punishment. The good news was only possible because Jesus willingly went to his death. Willingly went for you and me because he loves you so dearly. He was willingly bound so that you could be set free. He was oppressed so that you could know joy. He descended into the darkness, as it were, blind in the darkness, so that you could see. He took our judgment so that he could offer you forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. That's why he says, follow me, trust me, give me your all. I wonder, can you trust him today? If you're doubting his goodness, look to the cross. If you've pushed him off, look to the cross. If you're thinking, I don't know if this is true or not, just ask him to show you. I wonder, what's your response to Jesus this morning? If you're a believer, worship, praise, love him. If you're not sure yet, turn to him today. He won't turn anyone away whatever you've done whatever your background he says come this is why we do what we do we do it because of jesus let's pray that many people will come to know and trust him over these next few weeks and months and years as we hold out this message to our community let's pray together lord we know that when we spend time thinking about looking at the lord jesus Our hearts are so often amazed our hearts are so often warmed we pray that you'd help us to love him more to live for him more faithfully and we pray lord please if there's anyone here who hasn't yet trusted in you that today will be the day they they turn to you and cry out to you thank you lord that you never turn anyone away and that everyone is welcome we thank you lord jesus for willingly going to the cross for us for being bound, so that we could be set free, and we ask you and thank you for this. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Our last uh, song on the screen is going to be "Above the Voices of the World Around Me," hearing the voice.